Need a moment? Breathe and pause for Kingdom Moments, featuring the best devotional readings and excerpts from writings written and read by apostle, author, and podcaster, Dr. Leanne B. Marino. Take a few minutes, sit back, and focus to let these Kingdom words fill you with hope as you take time to be encouraged by this spiritual pause. Want to learn more? Visit Apostle Marino's website at kingdompowernow.org. Selah. A Misunderstood Monarch It's easy for us to think about the kings of the 1400s and 1500s when we think about monarchy. The kings of those eras sat on big thrones and wore big, puffy, uncomfortable, and well-ugly clothing. While their kingdoms operated by the precepts we mentioned earlier, there were some differences between kingdoms in biblical times and kingdoms in medieval times. In New Testament times, the nation of Israel was occupied by the Roman government. This fact is most relevant because it shaped the way the Jews at that point in history understood their own identity, their own spirituality, and the government of God. The understanding of kingdom, therefore, and of a king and what a king does largely came from their understanding of the Roman government. The Roman government was powerful, forceful, and covered a great expanse of territory. Its central king was an emperor, an individual who was believed to be in office, not just by human interest, but by divine choice. Emperors were believed to be literal gods, given authority and ultimate power. The result of such power was a desire for even more power, and to maintain their positions of power and the expansion and maintenance of the empire, citizens were heavily taxed. Israel's forced occupation only added to matters, whereas the Jews considered themselves oppressed and in need of political freedom. The first century impression of what the Messiah should be, therefore, was in contrast to the oppression of the Roman government. The Jews believed the Messiah would come in and crush the Roman Empire, thus establishing a Jewish political state that would dominate and control all its enemies. The Messiah was to come in as a king and establish a kingdom that looked a lot like the ones they already saw and was going to use the same methods to topple their enemies. That's not what they got, nor is that the kingdom that was promised to them. Instead, they got a king who promised a kingdom that couldn't easily be seen, at least right now. The work of Jesus as Messiah related to salvation and our interactions and conduct as we prepare to receive the kingdom in full throughout our lives. It had nothing to do with overthrowing the Roman government or anything having to do with anybody else. Jesus desired that his followers, his people, would clean themselves up so they would be able to withstand spiritual judgment, have better direction from God, and obey God through love. The people of Jesus' day cared about what everyone else was doing, while Jesus wanted them to care about their own actions. For everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard, Romans 3.23. Many people have an idea of Jesus as a personal savior, which expresses the lordship that Jesus has over one's life. This is a fine idea and absolutely relates to how we understand his rule on a personal level, but it's obvious it wasn't one that people had of the Messiah in the first century. It wasn't how they saw him, but such a concept wasn't new to the first century either. 
If we study the Old Testament carefully, the Israelites always wanted God to fix or change their perceived enemies when God wanted to do a work within them. They wanted to be rescued out of their every trial, but God wanted to rescue them from sin and restore them to a place where the kingdom of God was within them and among and around, as the Greek word indicates such a presence. This, and only this, would result in a permanent change within people. One day, the Pharisees asked Jesus, when will the kingdom of God come? Jesus replied, the kingdom of God can't be detected by visible signs. You won't be able to say here it is or it's over there, for the kingdom of God is already among you. Luke 17, 20 through 21. Understanding these historical facts makes Jesus's words about the kingdom of God within and also among and around more profound and purposeful than we might have ever thought when reading the Bible. Speaking of the kingdom of God within us is an expression of the fullness God desires to do within us. It is his will that we are transformed from the inside out. God wants us to be part of his kingdom where he is our Lord and we are his people and he is the one who guides and directs us. By walking with him, we are to discover he is within us and we are within him. That is an excerpt from chapter one, The Kingdom of God is Within You, from the book, Ministry School Basic Training, Be All That You Can Be in God's Army, A Guide for Lay Members, by Dr. Leanne B. Marino. That's Ministry School Basic Training, Be All That You Can Be in God's Army, A Guide for Lay Members, by Dr. Leanne B. Marino. Go on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold and get your copy today. It is my hope that Kingdom Moments has provided just the spiritual pause you need. A friendly reminder, the readings featured on this podcast are copyright, and if you desire to quote from them, please remember applicable laws and do cite the author or obtain proper permission. Want to learn more about the book, about the author, about the work that is done through the ministry, or to contact the author, visit KingdomPowerNow.org today. And until next time, may the Selah pause of the kingdom lead you to spirit-filled moments throughout your days.